0: or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclive.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus as your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, good morning, church. Merry Christmas to everyone. How's everybody feeling today? I've got my Christmas socks on here today, a little Santa Claus, a little snowflakes. I'm feeling pretty good. This is the fifth time that I'm gonna be giving this talk. So if I uh, repeat myself or you know stutter a little bit, it's because I am repeating myself. Um, but I do want to welcome everyone right now watching at all of our campuses Garfield Park, Banta, Franklin, Greenwood, everyone in our overflow out there. Can we say hi to the overflow out there? Hi, guys, I see you. Uh, everyone watching online right now and also at our microsites. Uh, we just want to give it up for everyone watching right now. This is the last installment of a three-week series called Tis the Season. It's our Christmas series. We love Christmas here at Emmanuel, And we've been talking about this idea uh, that Christmas is all about joy and peace. And it's actually right in the Christmas story. If you just heard it a few moments ago at your campus read by the worship leaders... That, you know, Mary and Joseph go down to Bethlehem to be counted in the, census, in the census. Her water breaks. There's no room in the inn. So they wrap up the baby, you know, uh, and they put him in the manger. Well, while that's all happening, there's some shepherds out in the field guarding their sheep, right? And all of a sudden an angel shows up. And his, his brilliance is, is it's, he's so bright that they, they're frightened and they, they're terrified. And so in verse 14, I'm sorry, in verse 10 of Luke chapter 2, it says this. They were terrified but the angel reassured them saying, "Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great, say it with me, joy to all people. Like Christmas is about joy. Not long after that a whole host of angels joined this one angel and together in verse 14 this is what they say, "Glory to God in the highest heaven and say it with me, peace on earth with whom God is pleased." Like Christmas is about joy and peace, and for many of us, that's pretty easy to experience around this time of the year. We love Christmas time. It's there's, it's filled with family time, time off from work. How many of you are getting time off from work? Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> Some of you have to work. That's that's sad, but a lot of us don't. But there's you know it's 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 a it's a beautiful time. There's music and and there's decorations and there's gift sharing and receiving and you know there's fun food and there's special drinks at Starbucks. It's just a whole bunch of, and we've even gotten some snow here recently, here in Greenwood, locally here in Greenwood, if you're watching online, some other part of the country, maybe you don't have snow, but we have some here. Um, And that's a fun time for our dogs, isn't it? Anybody have a dog that loves the snow? We do. We, we just got one. We have a, a golden doodle. He's a, he's a puppy. He's 50 pounds, but he's still a puffy puppy. Uh, here's a picture of our guy. His name is Toby. He loves the snow. He went out the other day and he just shoved his face in it and got all matted in his beard and got the whole house wet. But you know, Christmas time and dogs, you know, it's a good time of the year. Anybody else? Dog lovers? Cats, not so much, right? No. They don't <laughs> like the snow. <laughs> It's easy for some of us to have, you know, literally experience the most wonderful time of the year, that it's Christmas time. And of course, Jesus is the baby and that helps us too find joy and peace. But then there's some others, others of us that it's not so easy to experience joy and peace. It's a little bit more challenging. The hustle and the bustle and the busyness and the traffic, oh, the traffic. This week, it's just been a two o'clock in the afternoon, gridlock. <laughs> it's like, where, how come these people aren't at work, you know? <laughs> Where's their boss? You know, call somebody. Anyway, anyway. (laughs) It's hectic, it's tense, there's a lot of expectations. You got to go different places, you got to wrap gifts, buy gifts. It's stressful. The average couple has seven arguments over the Christmas break. I mean, what does that say right there? Stress is up. Where are we going to spend time? We're spending extra money. Then there's family tensions that we have to deal with that we normally don't have to deal with. But Christmas time, everybody gets together. And we talked about that last week, how to have peace with the family. You know, if you missed that, you might want to check that out. If you've got some problems with your family, everybody does. And then there's another group of us that struggle to find joy and peace during Christmas because of something else. And we're going to call that something else today. We're going to call it the empty chair. The empty chair because this christmas there's there's going to be someone in your house that's missing. And maybe there's a person missing this year because there's been a divorce and now that person's not going to be with you, a mother, a father. Maybe there's somebody going to be in the uh, maybe there's an empty chair in your house today because someone's been deployed in the military, they're overseas serving our country somewhere and so they're they're absent. Maybe it's something worse. Maybe it's something like prison. They've, they've, they've broken the law and now they're, they're not with you because they're in prison. Maybe it's because there's a family fight or there was some sort of addiction that has broken the family up and now that person is no longer with you and there's just tension in the family. Maybe it's because someone's passed away. They're just, they're just not with you anymore because God took them. For whatever reason, this Christmas, is, there's an empty chair. And for some of you, there's been an empty chair for two years, three years, four years, five years, even longer. And, and so for you, Christmas is a tougher time. Because it's, it's a time where you're reminded that the person you love is no longer with you. Nancy Guthrie is a, is a woman who's familiar with loss. She lost two children to a very rare disease. And she wrote a book about it, when, when Your Family Loses a Loved One. And She actually wrote a whole series of, of uh, content called Grief Share that many churches take their, take their people through. We actually do it here at the church as well. In her book, this is what she says to families that have lost loved ones. For families who have recently lost someone they love, the holidays can seem more like something to survive rather than to enjoy. The traditions and the events that can add so much joy and meaning to the season are punctuated with painful, repeated reminders of, of the loss. She says this, many of us wish we could find a quiet place to hide until January 2nd. Some of you are like, man, this is getting real depressing. (laughs) Like I thought we'd go to church for Christmas and it'd be fun and encouraging and a happy time. Why is he talking about this right now? And here's why we're talking about it, because it's real. I could list off the top of my head, five families that I personally know that are going through this Christmas for the first time with an empty chair. It's real. There's someone missing. And because there's someone missing, it's very hard. And, and even if you don't have an empty chair this Christmas, even if everyone is gonna be around the tree for you or around the dinner table for you, for you and everyone's healthy and everyone's present, you know, I guarantee you know someone very close to you that is, is experiencing the empty chair, yes or no? So maybe today you hear something that is not directly for you. Maybe it'll be for you in the future, but it's not directly for you right now. But it's for you to pass on to someone else who is having a tough time experiencing joy and peace because they are experiencing the empty chair. Think beyond yourself just for a few moments. Who is that person? And they're not here. But they need to hear what I'm going to say today. Why is it so hard for these folks I mean, the obvious answer is, is the person they love is not physically present. Okay, that's the obvious answer. But as I've talked to some of my friends who are going through this, it goes beyond that. It's not just that the person is physically not there. It's also the reality that things are just not the same. There's laughter missing. This person brought hugs and kisses, those are missing. This person had conversations. The conversations are missing. This person baked the cookies. Now, this person did the wrapping. This person did the, co- now, the now the cooking, someone else has to jump in. This person did the shoveling and they, and they cleared off the driveway and now someone else has to. Things are just not the same. And that's why the pain runs so deep. And the normal traditions that brought joy and happiness and the things that we did together, now they're just reminders of of our loss. And so we struggle because things are just not the same. Here's the question I want to ask today. Is it possible for those of us who are experiencing the empty chair or your friends who are experiencing the empty chair, is it possible for them, for you, to have joy and peace even in the midst of loss, missing that loved one? I would argue yes. There is. I'm going to give you a couple of ideas here. Grab a pen, jot these down. I believe they can be extraordinarily helpful, helpful for you today or for someone that you know. How can you and I experience joy and peace when we are going through the holidays without someone we love? Number one, you have to give yourself a pass. You have to give yourself a pass. What do I mean by that? What I mean is you got to let yourself off the hook. You got to give yourself some grace. You got to release the expectations. Listen, every single family has expectations over the holidays. We go here. We go to grandma's house on the 24th. We wrap gifts on the 22nd. We make cookies on this day. And we just do, we do all these. Your family has expectations. My family has expectations. And maybe this year, because you're going through the empty chair situation, you just give yourself a break and you, can, and you let yourself miss. And you say, I'm not gonna to continue to grind so that I make everybody happy and nobody gets upset with me. No, I'm just gonna give myself a break. I'm gonna ask myself this question What will allow me to experience joy and peace? What will allow you to experience joy and peace? Do not feel obligated to meet everyone's expectations during Christmas time. Well, I always get everyone a gift and I wrap it and I give it out to them. release the expectation. Well, I always write Christmas cards. I, I always make the, the you know the banana bread or the, I always do these things. Release yourself from the expectations. I had a friend who, who lost her husband recently, and I overheard that she was apologizing to someone because she hadn't written her Christmas cards yet. It's like, wait a second. You get a pass, no Christmas cards this year. It's okay, in fact, you never have to do Christmas cards again for the rest of your life, no Christmas cards. You you are missing your husband. You get a pass. A lot of the expectations we put on ourselves, yes? Yes or no? Well, I've always done this and I gotta do. Wait a second, time out. If you continue to grind through and just try to meet the expectations, your soul's not gonna heal. You're not gonna experience joy and peace. And by the way, if you're the person who's supporting this person right here, you have to give them a pass and give it ahead of time. Say, hey, this year, if you don't want to come to the dinner, if you don't don't want to do the, uh, the exchange of the presents, if you don't want to make the cookies, you don't have to. How can we serve you? Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, love is patient. That's what love is. The first thing he describes, and he says love is a bunch of things, but the first thing is patient. Love is patient. It means long-suffering. It means whatever you need to do this Christmas to heal, we will do that. You're the person experiencing the empty chair. How can we support you? I had a friend recently who told me that 10 years ago she lost her brother right before her 30th birthday. And she is the type of person who typically loves gifts and loves parties, and the more the better. I mean, that's the type of person this is. But she was so sad over the loss of her brother that she went to her family and she said, hey, I don't really want a party, and I don't want presents, and I don't want a big deal made over this. I'm just wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm grieving over the loss of my brother, and, and so please don't do that. Well, her family decided not only to throw her a party, but to throw her a surprise birthday party for her 30th birthday. You know what my friend told me this week as I was questioning, because I've never been through something like that, my brothers are still alive. She said, even now as I look back at the pictures of the party, I cuss in my head. This is a Christian lady, this is a Christian lady who works on our staff. (laughs) You shouldn't cuss. Now thankfully she doesn't cuss out loud, but she just cusses, she keeps it in her head. (laughs) But there are, not, there, there are no fond memories of that party because that's not what she needed at that time. See, if you're trying to support someone who, going through this situation right here, you don't give them what you think they need. You don't even give them what you, you would need yourself. You give them what they would need, which is just space. Release the expectations. We're not going to do We're not going to do If you don't want to do it, we're not going to do it. We're, we're going to give you a pass. Yes or no? Number one, give yourself a pass. Give people a pass. Number two, create a new or start a new tradition. Listen, traditions, the the whole purpose behind a tradition, whether it's singing carols or making cookies or whatever it is that you do as a family, is to bring joy and happiness around this time of the year. Well, if you continue to do those traditions... And they all those, tradition do, all those traditions do is remind you of the person who's missing. What you're going to do is create sorrow over and over. You're going you're to rip the Band-Aid off over and over. So as I've researched this and studied people who've lost family members and who don't have people with them during the holidays, what they say is to start a new tradition. Do something different that you've never done with this person. Not to forget them, not saying that, They're not saying that. They're saying to shift the focus and to create a new memory so that you can raise the the possibility of joy and peace. So what am I talking about? Well, maybe you you have a game night. You do something and you invite the family over and you play Settlers of Catan. You ever play that game? Oh, that's a good game. We play that. I usually win in my house. Unless my wife beats me, but uh, my kids will probably differ (laughs) if you ask them. But maybe you have a game night. Maybe you go serve, you know, uh, someone uh, underprivileged at a food bank somewhere. Maybe you do a movie night on December 24th. You go see the movies. There's a new movie out right now. It's Star Wars. Have you you heard about it? Anybody see it yet? Anybody? Anybody? I I went and saw it the other night. Who hasn't seen it right now? Who who has? Oh, man, there's this one scene where, where, no, Kylo, Kylo, what's his name? Kylo, he gets his lightsaber out and he's about to, I won't give it away. But it's really good. It's really good. I've done that before and gotten in trouble. Maybe you do a movie, maybe you do a Christmas movie tradition and you start something new. Again, not to forget your loved one, but to shift the focus away from loss and grieving to something happy and joyful with new people around you. And maybe for some of you, the old traditions, they actually, they actually help you. And you've gotten through it so far where, you know, decorating the tree or, or the old traditions you used to do, making cookies or whatever it is, wrapping presents, they help you to remember this person and you have good emotions. Then, then hey, praise God, do those. The idea is, you know, try to create joy and peace. Don't try to rip the Band-Aid over off again and again. Create some new traditions. Number three, surround yourself with the right people. The right people. Who are the right people? The right people are the people who will encourage you and support you and build you up and provide comfort for you. I believe with all my heart that God's strategy or one of God's strategies to help you work through loss or the missing chair or the empty chair is other people the right people that's God's strategy Romans chapter 12 verse 15 says this rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn if someone is happy if someone is excited then be excited with them if someone is sad if someone is down if someone is hurting if someone is missing their loved one then mourn with them be sad with them meet them where they are that's love isn't it isn't love doing what is best for someone else The right people do that. Nancy Guthrie, in her book, When When a Family Loses a Loved One, this is what she said. Choose to be around people you can count on to understand your sorrow. That simply means to empathize. Someone who gets your pain. Surround yourself with these type of people. People who offer you emotional and spiritual support that you need to get through the holiday season. The right people do that. They meet you where you are. Unfortunately, there's more wrong people than there are right people. Have you noticed this? There's not many people that are the right people. you got to hunt for them, This is why we do small group around here. We try to get like-minded people together in small groups so that when there's a tough time, like an empty chair situation, you've got people that you can lean into that will understand you and give you spiritual support and strength and point you to God. The wrong people will take you in the opposite direction. They'll say something like this to you. I know what you need. You need to come out with me to the bars and let's get hammered. Let's go, let's go clubbing. That's a term we used to use back in the day. I don't know if people would say it anymore, but anyway. Probably today, you know, people would say something like this, hey, you know what, let's go, let's go you know, rip a jewel or something like that, or smack a jewel. I don't know, kids these days, what they say. Listen, no, those are not the right people, okay? Hitting jewels, smacking jewels, ripping them, whatever you wanna say. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? Just Google it. Google it when you get home. It's a whole thing, teenagers. Anyway, you got to stay away from the people that are going to take you in the wrong direction. You got you to gotta get with people and surround yourself with, with people that are going to support you and point you towards God and give you that emotional, spiritual, and the psychological support that you need as you go through the holidays with the empty chair. Does that make sense? And let me give you this last one, probably most important one. You have to cling to God for comfort. You have to cling to God for comfort. This is the most important one. What do I mean by that? Well, suffering, pain, loss, always puts in front of us a choice. It always creates an option for us. You see, when it comes to loss or pain or suffering, we have this this desire to get relief. All we want is the pain to be eased. And so what we'll do is we'll turn to food, Many of us, because it's easy, it's cheap, it's affordable, it's right in the refrigerator. And so we don't just gain a little weight because there's a lot of food around the holidays. We gain some weight because we're looking for relief for the situation. So we'll turn to food. Some of us will turn to alcohol because for, in a short amount of time, you know, we can tend to forget our problems and sort of get some, some relief. We know that doesn't work long term. Some of us will turn to pills or drugs to get some relief from the pain. Some of us will turn to another relationship. And so we'll get online and we'll try to, you know, connect with somebody or hook up with somebody. Or some of us will double down and put more of our hearts into work and become workaholics. Why? Because we're looking for relief. We want the pain to be eased. Some of us will sleep. We'll just go to bed. We're, so, we're, so, we're struggling so much. It's like, I can't even cope. I'm just going to go to bed. I'm just going to sleep. And, and we know long term that doesn't work. Suffering always presents us with an option. We're gonna choose one of those options or we're gonna choose God. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians. God is our merciful Father and the source of all of our, say it with me, comfort. Parakletos, that's the Greek word. Comfort, what does it mean to be comforted? It means to have your, the, the load lightened right? It means for someone to come alongside and, and help you carry the emotional pain. It means for someone to come alongside of you and make it not so hard, right? Doesn't that, isn't that what it means to be comforted? God is the source of all comforts. And you and I have to make a choice. Instead of turning to sleep or pills or food or more work or whatever, we have to turn to God for that comfort, paracletos. And then Paul says, here's why God wants to comfort you. Listen, he comforts us in all of our troubles, in all of our pain, so that we can, say it with me, comfort others. Didn't I say a few moments ago that God's plan and God's strategy for your healing and your support is another person, the right person? How does God comfort us? He gives us a person, a you, a me, who has received comfort from God. Suffering, pain, loss always presents us with an option. Where will we turn for relief? I love what Billy Graham said when it comes to suffering. Suffering is part of the human condition and it comes to every single one of us. The key is how we react to it, either turning away from God in anger and bitterness or growing closer to him in trust and confidence. The choice is yours. God says, I am the source of all comfort. Right before Jesus went back to heaven, he said, guys, I'm leaving, but I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm gonna send you the comforter, the parakletos, the Holy Spirit. What's his job? Yes, to guide us into all truth. Yes, to convict us of sin, but to come inside of us, to dwell within us, to be our comforter. And isn't that what Christmas is all about? Isn't Christmas about God taking the initiative To be with us? Didn't the prophet Isaiah say in in Isaiah 17, Isaiah 7, verse 14, that there'll be a sign, the the virgin will be pregnant and and she'll give birth to a child, and you were to call his name Emmanuel, and that means God with us. Isn't that what Christmas is? Like how is it that God comforts you and I? Yes, he sends people into our life, the right people, but he also sends his presence. He takes the initiative. The virgin will give birth to a baby. Christ will come. When he rises, he will send the spirit and the spirit will indwell us and he will be our comforter. God comforts us with his very own presence. Psalm 34 verse 18 puts it like this. The Lord is close, there's proximity, he's close, he's right there, dare I say he's inside of you if you're a believer. He's close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Is your heart broken? Is your spirit crushed because of the empty chair? Do you know someone whose heart is broken and whose spirit is crushed? Guess what? God says, I'm close. I'll even indwell in you and I'm gonna comfort you with my presence. That's what Christmas is all about. That's how we find joy and peace in the midst of pain, loss, and suffering in the midst of the empty chair. What if... What if this Christmas the empty chair became a symbol of God's presence? What if you exchanged the empty chair for the presence of God? What would happen if around the dinner table, you know, for the Christmas dinner, and you just put that chair there, and you say, you know what? Just pray a simple prayer before we eat. Lord, thank you for this food, but thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for being present here in the form of your spirit, for indwelling us. Thank you for being at this table. As you get get around the tree to unwrap the presence, acknowledge that there's an empty seat. Make sure there's an empty chair. What if you exchanged the empty chair for the presence of God? What if it didn't represent your lost loved one? What if it represented the presence of God? How would that change your Christmas? Something tells me that if you did that, you would experience greater levels of joy and greater levels of peace this Christmas. What do you think? Exchange the empty chair for the presence of God. Will you pray with me? Precious Father, merciful Father, you are the source of all comfort and you comfort us. You give us what we need to ease the pain for ourselves, yes but also that we might extend comfort to others Father, thank you for taking the initiative when we were doing our own thing chasing our own desires when we had our backs turned on turned from you you sent Christ into this world born of a virgin that Christmas morning to live his life and eventually give his life on a cross so that we can be reconciled to you, so that we can live with you, so that we can receive joy and peace and comfort in our pain, in our loss. Thank you for the gift of Christmas. Help, specifically help those this Christmas season who are experiencing the empty chair. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the fifth time, maybe the 10th time, it still hurts. I pray that you'd be with them like you've never been with them before. That you would wrap your arms around them and comfort them like they have never been comforted before. That they would sense your love, sense your presence, sense your joy, your strength around them. Fill them with your spirit. Assure them that it's gonna be okay that you're with them we love you we pray this in the precious name of jesus amen you may be seated just for a moment when joseph found out that mary was pregnant you remember what he did those of you know the story he's like well the dad ain't me because you know we haven't been together so Uh, We got to break this off. And so his plan was to separate, break off the engagement. You know, he thought Mary went stepped out on him and he was going to do it privately and respect her. But that night an angel came and said, hey, Joe, she's not that kind of girl. My translation, you don't understand what's going on. Like this baby inside of her, this pregnancy is not from this world. It's from the Holy Spirit. She's gonna go full term. You need to marry her. She's gonna go full term and she's gonna give birth to a baby, a baby boy. And you're to give him this very special name, Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. That's what the name means. Jesus, savior, one who saves, one who rescues. You know what Christmas really is? It's a rescue mission to bring you and God back together. We just got done singing, God and man Reconciled." The the angel didn't say you're to give him name Jesus because he's gonna create a religion called Christianity. No, it's not what it says. It doesn't say you're gonna give him the name Jesus because he's gonna start a bunch of churches. No, that's not what it says. It says you're gonna give him the name Jesus because He's gonna save his people from their sins. That's what Christ came to do. Can I ask you a very serious question today? Has Jesus saved you from your sins? I didn't ask you if you joined a church. I didn't even ask you if you come to church regularly. I didn't ask you if if you're in a small group or if you tithe or give money to the church, no. I didn't ask you if you're a Lutheran or a Episcopalian or whatever you are, no. I asked you if Jesus has ever saved you from your sins because that's what Christmas is all about. And if he's never done that, and if you've never done that, even if you've gone to church your whole life, you've never asked Christ to save you from your sins. You need to make that step. You need to take that step. You need to express faith to him. You need to talk directly to him today and say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. Would you save me from my sins? That's your purpose. You came to be with me. You came to wash away my sin, to reconcile me and you into a relationship. And today I'm gonna to ask you to do that. And if you feel led to do that right now, what better time to do that, that very close to Jesus's birthday, wouldn't that be something? If that's where you're at today, I'm gonna to say a very simple prayer. Take these words and make them your own. Ask Christ to save you from your sins. and You'll become his child today. Will you pray with me if you, if you feel led to? Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for coming to this world, living your life and giving your life so that I could be forgiven. I ask you right now to wash away my sin, to cleanse me from all my wrongdoing, all my selfishness, all my pride, all my lust, my deceit, the anger in my heart, forgive me. I trust you, I reach out to you, I put my life in your hands, I wanna live with you, experience your joy, peace, and comfort. So right now, I ask you to fill my heart with your spirit the pericletos, the comforter, and comfort me in my struggles, in my pain, and in my loss. And from this day forward, lead me, guide me, teach me to trust you, to obey you, to honor you, and to love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Can we give God glory today, church, amen, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, we would love to invite you, we're trying something new here, we would love to invite you to text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 65248, just like we do with the giving. Text the word saved to 65248. Here's why, we wanna connect with you, we wanna support you in your new relationship with Christ as a church. Also, if you did put your faith in Christ, we have a special gift for you. Inside this box, there is a Bible with a 30-day reading plan. There's also a cool little Emanuel cup. This is for those of you who just put your faith in Christ. Just go back there to my friends at the left, my left hand, right hand at all of the campuses in the back of the auditorium there. Just tell them that you texted the word saved to 65248. They'll put one of these in your hands. Can we give God glory one more time, church? Amen.